Welcome to this week's Money and Investing show. This week we are looking at five tips, lessons from the green room from some of the world's biggest speakers. How's their little hints, tricks, tips and quirks going to help you on your journey to success? Tune in and we'll see you in the show and I'll explain exactly how. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my offsider and co-host, Mitchell Laurentiel. Thanks for having me today, Mr. Baxter, and uh, dressed as astutely as you are today, I think I'm going to be the student today because what I want from you and all the public speaking gigs you've had and all of the influential people you've met is some lessons from the green room. Oh, this could be fun. There's a lot goes on in the green room, let me tell you, that you don't obviously see on stage, and uh, it's an interesting one because... There's so much we all talk about as speakers backstage, you know, sharing little inside tracks and things like that. Oh, we're trying this, doing that. And uh, yeah, it's a really good lead before you start to see things actually happen out in the marketplace, especially with some of the people I've had the chance to uh, to be in the green room with. So let's see what we can reveal uh, that can add some value for our audience. All right. Well, what have you got? Lesson number one from the green room. Okay. If we go through, say, five of the key people uh, right. that, I've, uh, that I've had the privilege to share stage with you on know, multiple times, probably the biggest one physically and in every other way, it would be Tony Robbins. And Tony's great to work with. I mean, he's massive. Yeah, makes me look like a dwarf and uh, and has a huge heart uh, and a huge mission. And I think, you know, the, the, the you can't spend time with Tony and his energy without uh, understanding the importance of planning and preparation. He's probably the most obsessive person with planning and preparation that you will ever meet. Um, you know, you simply have to have a game plan and you have to prepare massively if you want to play at the highest level. And that will be the big thing uh, with Tony. But whilst he's absolutely devout in the need to have a plan, I think the, 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 the pragmatic, the practical element that he brings to the equation is that that plan needs to be flexible and it needs to adapt. Your outcome, your goal doesn't need to change, but the mechanism by which you're going to get there has to be able to flex. Uh, and that's so true in the investment markets. If we take that as our bread and butter, um, you know, you can have the best game plan in the world, but if markets aren't conducive to that strategy, you have to adjust your plan um, you know, to suit it. If you go into, for example, um, a bear market where the market is trending downwards, the stock market's heading down, not over a week or a few days, but over a number of months, you know, having a traditional buy and hold um, portfolio just simply isn't going to work for you. So you may have a goal of making money from the stock market. There's your plan. The flexibility, of course, needs to be in the, uh, the investment strategy uh, that you use to go about achieving that. You know, being able to handle setbacks, and I'm sure we'll talk more about those with some of the other people I've worked alongside, but Tony, definitely plan, plan, preparation, preparation, but be flexible with what you've got. No question about that. Totally. Can't, I can't hammer that enough. And you can, if you do any of Tony's events, and I can't endorse them enough, you know, whether it's UPW, the Firewalk, as it used to be, or Date with Destiny, or Business Master, any of those programs, you know, the message is consistent and it's delivered over five almost solid days. And I'm not talking six hour days, these are 18 hour days. Plan, plan, process, process, prep, prep, prep. Sounds like pretty hardcore kind of guy. I'd be honored to meet him one day. And for you to say that he makes you look small at six foot four, he must be a pretty big guy. <laughs> he is a huge person. But uh, I think yeah, the, the measure of his successes and his physical stature, it's the impact he's had globally. And uh, I'll say there's never a dull moment backstage because he's uh, he's a bit of a practical joker too and uh, good fun behind the curtain. The king of the green room. King of the green room, we'll call them. Let's call it that. King of the jungle, king of the green room. That's Tony, definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, who have we got number two? So person, lesson, and then how it applies to trading. A nice little format there for us. Mm, this one's an interesting one too. Uh, this is a person that started with nothing, in fact, less than nothing. And uh, by the time he was in his late 20s, uh, was worth over 380 million US dollars. 
It's a lot. And uh, by the time he was in his mid-30s, was worth minus $50 million. So this is one that's seen it go up and go down with uh, with equal uh, equal velocity. And probably someone I learned a lot about the psychology, um, a, a huge amount about psychology with, and that was Mike Tyson, former world heavyweight boxing champ. Uh, and... and Again, in the green room, and you look backstage, very different to what you expect. And I had the privilege of uh, doing a week on tour around Australia with him a number of years ago. And uh, it's like anything, the proximity around people, there's always an image that you expect that the media portrays, especially in today's today's world of fake news and, and, and social media. Uh, but when you actually spend time with people on a, on a lengthy period of time, and he was here with his wife and his mother-in-law and his, and his little baby daughter at the time, um, you know, you really get to see someone. So what was the big lesson? And, you know, it's a, it's a it's a um, it's a great quote, and it often gets misused. But his quote is, "You know, everyone, Mitch, everyone's got a plan in life until they get punched in the face." And, and that ability to deal with adversity and setback. You know, I, I used to box when I was a kid, and I think when you taste your own blood, you know, it, it's a real wake up call. You have to want to be in the fight. Um, to, There's no to, way to out, is there? And, Once you're in, yeah, you're in. Exactly right. And whether that be in the boxing ring or whether it's in the investing space or life in general. Uh, you can't just simply put the white flag up because you've you've had a setback, and I guess to an extent this ties in, you know, with Tony's philosophy, and maybe Tony puts it a little bit more eloquently. You have to have that ability to go. Okay, there is a risk associated with what I do, and in the boxing ring, it's going to be getting hit in the head. Um, if we look at it from a trading and investing perspective, you know, you've decided that you want to become an investor. You get into the market just in time uh, to get clobbered. The market turns the wrong way, um, and, and you lose money. Whether you've got into crypto, maybe at the ding dong high, and you see 30, 40, 50 percent fall away, that's the punch in the face. Uh, that you're always going to get if you put yourself out there. The challenge is how you deal with it. Do you go crying in the corner, rocking backward and forward, asking for mummy? Or do you come out swinging and go, no, I genuinely want to be here. I belong here. I've got the skills to justify being here. And my purpose for being here is strong enough to get me to keep moving forward. And that's really hard when you've had a setback. And it, it goes a long way to explore a much, much deeper level of psychology. And Tyson, from a psychology perspective, just incredible. And you start to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations and you know, informal conversations backstage particularly, and you realize just how much his success as a champion wasn't based on throwing his fists, but using the psychology before he even got in the ring. So he's a master at understanding psychology. I love that. And it almost intertwines with point number one from Robbins as well. Yeah. Remaining committed to the plan and the process is the way yeah. to get the result. Absolutely. You just got to try something different. If what you're doing isn't working, but what you want remains the same, then yes, you have to take a different different route to get there. Um, yeah, as I say, whether that's in the boxing ring and you're planning on staying out and jabbing or whether you start to get in close and it turns into a brawl, either way, you've got to change it up. And, uh, and, uh, and if you don't, then you're going to lose. And who wants to lose in life? Certainly not Tyson Fury. I can't wait for that fight, by the way. Great fight coming up. I'll be uh, looking forward to tuning into that with a few mates, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right, what do we got for number three, AB? Number three... Um, is a really, really interesting one. Um, and that was Mark Boris. Um, and I've, I've done a couple of events with Mark over the years, and, and, and I think I've spoken of this before. I, I've got to be honest, and it's a terrible thing to say. Before I met him, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect. And, uh, and every time I've spent time around him, he's impressed me even more. And that's not to say being starstruck, but I think the wisdom of uh, uh, and the practicality of, of, of what he does and, and, and the lenses through which he looks through makes an awful lot of sense and 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 the 
particular takeaway I'll talk about today, yeah, he, he's always about what's your exit strategy. You've got to know your exit strategy before you get started. And that may seem that it's back to front. Um, but if you look at this on, say, several levels, uh, as an entrepreneur, for example, if you're starting a business, that's great. But what's your exit strategy from that? And if you work with the end in mind and then plug it backward, you can build a business structure or a model that suits whatever that exit may be. It could be, a, a you know, if, if you're seeing it big, maybe you want to list on the exchange. Um, maybe it's to sell your business to somebody else. Uh, maybe it's to pass it on to your kids, whatever it may be. You've got to have a level of clarity there so that you can set all the machinery up in play to deliver you to that spot where when you want to get out, there's a process that's absolutely perfect in order to do that. Um, if we change gear on that and look at it from a trading perspective instead, um, you shouldn't get into a trade unless you've got your exit strategy sorted out either. Totally. You know, whether it's a whether it's a take profit uh, uh, perspective, or whether it's cutting your position with a stop loss, you need to know what you're going to do if either X happens or Y happens, so that you can exit that position where it's on your terms. And, that, and that's a very dangerous thing, I think, to use when we talk about markets. But on your terms doesn't mean that you're in control of the market, but it does mean that you're in control of your trade. And markets are inherently uncertain. That's what drives us here every single day, has done for me for 30 years. And you're, I can see you're already hooked after a, a fairly short period of time in this. Oh, yeah. And it's that allure of the excitement of what's happening next and, and that uncertainty, that stretch of your skill capacity, that need to be, if we talked to two of the previous points, that flexibility with your game plan, they're all in there. But so much of it is out of your control in the uncertainty of global markets. Whereas if you've got a trading plan, and I can't espouse this enough, if you have a trading plan that says, if this happens, I'm doing that. If Y happens, I'm doing that. You've got both bases covered, good and bad. And all you need to do as a trader is not be caught up in the emotion of the market and dealing with that punch in the face. Instead, all you've got to do is discharge and execute your trading plan perfectly. And that's a far easier proposition than getting worked over by up days, down days, negative announcements, positive announcements, volatility spikes, options expiry, and everything else that sits between. Trade your plan, and the way to do that is to work out, how am I getting out of this? The key thing on this, just as Mark talks to, is before you get in the position. Because once you're in the position in a trade, you bring a level of psychology uh, to that, which is called the endowment effect. Once you physically own something, you feel differently about it. If it's your business, you feel differently about it, it's your baby. Whereas when you set it up, it's like, okay, when a turnover gets to X, we're going to look to list on the ASX or we're going to look to uh, get uh, a, a, an advisor to help us get on sold to an investment bank or one of our competitors or whatever it might be. You work that out in the cold light of day before you got emotional. And the best decisions you ever make, as we well know, are when you're in that non-emotionally charged state before you've been punched in the face, had a taste of your own blood. I gave up emotions many years ago, as did you. But uh, I think it, to talk to that as well, and you and I have this conversation with our clients all the time, is mm. that management of expectations. Mm. If you know what you came for in advance, when you get there, you're not going to be disappointed nor excited right. with the outcome because it was what you expected, right? Yep, you got what you came for, and that's that's crucial to know. And yeah, that lends itself to certain types of trading as well. I think you know, cash flow on demand, a cover call strategy is is one such example where you know there's a level of predictability with the outcome in in either direction. Yeah, in the case with with Mark Boris, whether it be with Wizard or whether it be with Yellow Brick Road, yeah, you know, his track record speaks to itself. And yeah, you know, when you see him on things like the, the the Celebrity Apprentice, I think a lot of people look at that and go, yeah, yeah, he's a bit of a doesn't mind the camera and he's got an opinion. This is a guy that's got the runs on the board, not just once but twice. And as now as he's gotten a little older, really 
sought to pass the baton, not not for the PR side of it and the basking in the glory, but that notion of having legacy, of, of, of being a mentor and helping that next generation of entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, whatever it may be, go through. And as I said at the start, that's very different to how I originally perceived him. Uh, and it just shows that, you know, you shouldn't prejudge. It's a dangerous thing to do and certainly some massive, massive lessons for me spending time with him. Awesome. All right. What have we got at number four, Amy? Number four, um, I think, would be Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki? Yeah. Look, Robert's an interesting guy. Um, I originally remember reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad on the plane to Australia, and I think it was 1997. I was coming out here for a holiday. I wasn't living here at that point in time. And here we are a number of years later, and I've spoken alongside Robert in various places around the world for the last 15 years. And... Um, Really interesting guy. I mean, big rugby enthusiast, so that's something that we've definitely got in common. I saw you guys playing rugby backstage on video. <laughs> I'm not sure where that floated around, but I did see that. Yeah, you won't see that one in the public domain. Um, we talked about things that go on in the green room, and you normally think, okay, that's you know where you put your makeup <laughs> on and check the microphone's working and have a sip of non-sparkling water if you're a professional speaker. You don't want to have any indigestion. And yet Robert and I, yeah, we're tossing the rugby ball around, uh, as in Auckland, I think, and uh, having a really good laugh about life. And, you know, I think, uh, yeah, from a public speaking point of view, you shouldn't be in the green room, sort of, what am I going to talk about? If you don't know what you're talking about, you're in the wrong game. Sure. Um, so that sort of total zone out was pretty good. But uh, now what, probably one of the things, again, that, oh, how can you put this? Um, yeah, he's copped his fair bit of controversy, as anybody does in the in the public uh, light, you know. Um, yeah, he's had um, some legal issues in the US uh, and, and different things in that space. He's also been in this space for an awful long time. And I think the biggest single takeaway that he brings, and he's, he's been extremely consistent, you know, he had reached out to Porter, Cash Flow Quadrant, different things that have spun off from that. What he's always had is a very, very, very good team of advisors around him. And, and, and he doesn't claim credit for that. He says one of the rules of success is to make sure that you always surround yourself with great advisors and finding great advisors is not easy. You know, having a top-notch accountant that can make sure that your cash flow is managed and your business is crucial if you want your business to be successful. Uh, you know, it's where a lot of businesses go wrong. They can't manage cash flow properly. All of a sudden there's a, a bill from the tax office and, and the wheels come off because they hadn't realized the tax wasn't being paid or, or, or whatever the story may be. You know, having a really good um, legal team where if you've got a problem, you can go to them and, and you know, it's not that you necessarily envisage having legal problems in a business, for example. But if you are in business, there's a very good chance that you will have some level of uh, requirement to have legal representation. And it's not necessarily going to the same people. If I look at the group of legal experts we have, I've got a fantastic guy on tax, probably one of the best people I've ever come across on tax. And, you know, for any of our people in our ecosystem, you get a problem with the tax office or you need help, he is our go-to. Contact us, we can line you up there. Um, you know, I've got my general legal counsel for, you know, just say, for example, you're signing a new lease on office space and, and that's his bread and butter. Um, you know, following up creditors, bad debts, all those sorts of things, little bits of nuts and bolts. And so you find your person that's in that segment and, 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 and you know, you can't be an expert at everything. Inch wide, mile deep is, is where good advisors sit. So you may have two or three people that sit in that space from a legal perspective. Probably the one, in, uh, matter 
of fact, we had, had him in the office this morning, is our compliance lawyers. And we use an external legal firm to do our compliance work to make sure that it is always at arm's length. And it's not jaded by being our in-house view. It's actually coming from someone that's got extremely objective and very, very conservative lenses on the outside. Uh, and we've used those guys now for you know, probably close to a decade. And it's been one of the best business decisions that we've made because we've got the ability, irrespective of how enthusiastic we are about our message or how strong we want to push something, you've got someone there going, just slow down a second. You need to consider this and this if you're going to go down that particular pathway. And it's invaluable having that expertise. So we've talked about accounting. We've talked about legal representation. Um, you know, you've got to have, if you're in, 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 in the marketing space or in the social space, people that are experts in that social uh, world. Um, if you're in um, property development, having people that are experts in the finance space, how do you make sure that your borrowing capacity is optimized? How do you make sure you don't cross collateralize? How do you do all of these things to ensure uh, that if something goes wrong, always best to prepare for the worst, expect the best, prepare for the worst, it's always going to drop somewhere in between, that none of your assets are cross collateralized and, and, and your asset structure is in play. Again, having a, a really solid accountant to do that, uh, combined with your lawyer to make sure your structuring is done in a way where if there are problems, and it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's a problem that you've created because you know, we're in such a litigious world now. If you put your head above the parapet and you've got some level of profile, someone's going to have a crack at you. They go, well, they're successful, let's have a go and see what happens. And it will happen. And, and, and so by having your structuring in play so that you know, legitimately or, or if it's a vexatious and false uh, attack on you, your assets are safe is absolutely crucial. So, you know, you can't go past that. And Robert is a huge, huge exponent of that. He's been on the same end where he's been subject to litigation and he's made sure by his structuring and through the advice that he's had uh, that he's maintained his assets and his, and, and his cash flow. And you can look at that through different lenses. But don't forget your advisor's obligations are to you, the client, to make sure they serve your best interest. There's no moral frame on that. It is purely to serve your best interest. Uh, and I actually saw that firsthand many years ago. My accountant happened to be um, uh, uh, an ex-girlfriend's uncle, uh, and we went through a, a, a breakup. And, we, and, and the advice he gave me, he sat me down, he said, before we sit down and chat, um, understand that you're my client, so I'm going to be looking after your best interest. Probably not the best uncle you want in your corner, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, that's that's how strong that relationship can be, and it's extremely important to have that. So, yeah, Robert's always been a, an advocate of that, and as as markets have changed, you know, if you look at crypto, for example, which is new, or or different elements of financial markets like derivatives or different types of you know, property like property options, for example, he's always been someone that's looked to bring in new blood. Uh, within his advisory group. So it's not just the dead wood that's been there forever. There's always new blood coming in too. That said, um, you know, I think back to being on tour, you know, probably 14, 15 years ago in Auckland versus being on tour last year or the year before, whenever it was, the core of advisors are the same. The duration is there. So yeah, definitely build a good team of people around you that can look out for your best interests. Totally. If you're the smartest person in the group, you've got a problem. You might think you're the smartest and there's nothing wrong with having a bit of ego but you want to have damn smart people around you and that's how you grow too right too right what have we got as number five ab Ooh. sorry to put you on the spot here i think five's plenty all right let's take um let's take sir richard branson it's a big name yeah big name big personality big smile and uh what a track record too huge track record and 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 Branson is, is a really interesting one because you know, a lot of people don't necessarily take him as seriously because he's so charismatic and, and, and puts an element of fun into business. Um, 
a lot of people don't necessarily give him the, uh, they certainly give him the respect, but not the accolade, I suppose, or the seriousness that you know, a successful business, businessman like him deserves. And uh, I think the key lesson from him is it's about brand. And obviously, uh, Branson is synonymous with Virgin in all of its, uh, all of its forms. Um, and, and the biggest lesson there would be never, ever compromise your brand. Integrity the whole way. Integrity is is hugely important, and <clears throat> I think people can sometimes play play the short term game. If you if you're new to business or new to investing, for that matter, um, you know you can chase the dollar straight away and, and maybe cut corners, or oh, it won't matter. Um, it's very very important to pre- protect your brand, protect your reputation, to protect your name because that's all you have. Uh, and in today's world of social media, that becomes quite challenging. Where you can have, and we've seen it firsthand, you can have a competitor go online uh, and try and torch your reputation. And we've 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 had that good job. We've got good legal advisors because it typically puts people back in their box very quickly. And we've got great IT people that are able to backtrack who it was. Um, you know, and uh, it's it's really interesting that. But yeah, you've got to look after your brand and people have a crack at you uh, in today's social media world. It's very, very easy to do. Uh, you know, competitors do it. You know, disgruntled former employees can do it. Um, you know, and sometimes things are legitimate too. But if they're legitimate, you've got a chance of putting it right. Whereas when it's someone that's just simply trying to white ant you for the sake of it, um, seldom does it, um, you know, it, it, it's very, very hard to patch up. So yeah, really protect that brand at all costs. You know, people trust you. They trust you once. Your reputation is everything. And if you think about what, you know, Sir Richard Branson stands for, everyone knows it's Virgin. Everyone knows flying typically with Virgin is a lot more fun than with other airlines. Typically, the quality of service is also significantly better than with a lot of airlines. But it's not just that. There's all the other elements to the Virgin Group, Virgin Healthcare. Um, yeah, not been that many, not been that many um, failings. I don't think, you know, I think they have Virgin, uh, Virgin Rubbish Collection, I think was one in the UK that didn't fly too well, recycling, but that was probably ahead of its time. That's why it didn't work. But uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's all about that brand integrity. Be your brand, live your brand, protect it at all costs. Uh, and, and value your reputation because you, that's all you have to control. And it's easy to compromise that in business uh, for short-term game. And, and it is very short-term because long-term, it's just an albatross that will sit around your neck. So yeah, that's that's really, really sage advice. Very lighthearted person, again, backstage. Um, he's also a lot bigger than what people think too. We spoke of Tony being pretty big and and, 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 and Branson's actually quite a big bloke too. He's not, I'd he's love a, to meet him. Yeah, he's, he's like 6'2 or something and you never think that, but yeah, he's a pretty big boy and, uh, and fit as a butcher's dog and, and absolutely high on life and who wouldn't be with his life perfect all-rounder awesome well there's five ab there's five very influential people in our game and five very important lessons Mm. i said that was going to be the last one but i lied what (laughs) i'd like from you is a bonus but this bonus can't be from anyone well known maybe a family or a friend a really important lesson that we can all take take note of and apply to our trading and investing Gee, you have ambushed me there, haven't you? I do this every time. You should expect the ambush. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's pick someone close. I'm going to. I'm going to pick my dad. Uh, the reason I'm going to pick my dad is over here um, from the UK at the moment. He's on holiday with us for a few months, and obviously we haven't seen him for a little while. And my dad is an amazing man. Um, we fight like cats and dogs. We don't agree on much at all. When people listen to us, they think, "Gee, you can't like each other." And I've just got the biggest respect for my dad. Um, Lessons. 
one I use a lot, and I use this typically in a lot of our training, uh, he always says to me, the old man can still teach you a thing or two. And what we've got, and I think it's where our friction on the surface probably sits, is we've got two alpha males sort of clashing. I'm at home and I'm getting older, so I'm the alpha. But in reality, there's only one alpha male in my family, and that's my dad. Uh, he's the king. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, 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 he always says, you know, the old man can still teach you a thing or two, and he can. And we are just doing some work in the shed the other day, and he's said this to me since I was a kid. Always measure twice and cut once. Now, my dad, unskilled, he worked in a car factory if he couldn't get overtime in the car factory, worked on a building site, he could do that work on a farm. He's an absolute grafter, as was all of his life. Uh, retired, um, you know, what was he, 57 when he retired, but then he started work when he was seven years old too. So yeah, he gave me a great work ethic, but he always says, measure twice, cut once. And we were in the shed doing some work. I was just building a gate for the farm. He said, right boy, I'll show you how to do this because he still calls me boy, because I am. You're his boy. Don't, don't you call me that, I'll be over there quicker <laughs> than you can imagine. And, uh, and I'm his boy and uh, he said, right oh boy, I'll show you how to do this. And I'm like, dad, like, I know how to do this. And he's like, yeah, leave me alone. Yeah. And, uh, and it was great. And he's like, yeah, I measured twice, cut once. I said, do you know something? We just stopped, put the tools down. And I said, do you know something? I tell every single person that comes through our program, measure twice and cut once. Because, you know, it's like when you're placing a trade, do your analysis, uh, do your sums, work out everything before you hit the go button. Because once you've done that, you know, cut once, it's done. You can't put it back together again. You're in. He said, oh, yeah, what else do you tell them? And there, and there are so many common sense um, things that have been passed down to me from him. Certainly, our work ethic is a huge one. You know, that notion of, um, you know, just being quite diligent with, with what you do, you know, work smart, not hard. Uh, he said, I worked hard all my life. I didn't work smart. I didn't have the skill set for it. And and I remember we, we were chatting about a beer the other day and he was saying to me, um, when I was a kid, I was probably about I don't know, eight, nine years old. Um, we used to repair cars at home. So he'd go and do the welding. He had the oxyacetylene gas bottles at home and he'd do, repairing all these old clapped out cars for people for cash. And, and I remember I used to help him on a Saturday morning. So I thought this was father-son bonding time. Turned out it was slave labor, but it's just a matter of perspective. Uh, and my job was, uh, yeah, I was inside the car uh, making sure nothing caught fire and he's underneath with the welding bottles and uh, doing the welding because when you've got a clapped out car, especially in the UK, they stick on all this plastic under seal to make sure it doesn't rust and all that and you get fires all the time. So that'll be a thing. And, and I said, I remember that. And they used to pay me, um, for a Saturday morning, pay me like a five or five quid pound an hour. And I'd do a sort of eight till eight till one with him out in the garage to help him out. And uh, he said, do you know why I did that for you, boy? And I said, I, 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 you know, he needed some help. He said, yeah, I needed some help. But he said, the real reason was that I wanted you to get a taste of what it's like crawling around. There's no disrespect to anyone that does this for a living. I wanted you to get a taste for what it's like crawling around in the cold, under a car, bringing all the, breathing all the smoke and fumes in and working hard in something that's really dangerous so you might work hard at school and not have to do this. Lead by example. Great advice. And that's why I think more than anything, he's the super alpha. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's 80 in a couple of weeks' time, and I'm still learning stuff from him, and I don't think I'll ever stop. I certainly realise uh, I've got a lot to learn about parenting from my dad, that's for sure. And uh, long may it continue. In fact, I might have a beer with him tonight and talk about that. That's an awesome story, a great anecdote. Thank you. Yeah, that's the old boy. He's quite. We should try and get him in on a podcast. I don't know if we managed to contain him. He doesn't mind a chat. We give him a couple of beers here. He'd sit here all day having a chat to the camera and giving us some life advice. So we might just do that. Let's do that. How many times would we need to beep out a swear word though? That, oh that no, he's not. He's not into profanity, but okay. um, he's uh, he's got a really strong will track. He already talked like that boy and all that. So we might need to put some subtitles up. I guess the auto captions already come up. It'd be interesting <laughs> to see what they uh, what they translate to. But isn't it funny? You go through you go through life, and and sometimes you know I've been very privileged in 
particularly the back end uh, of my career to date, where I've had the opportunity to literally to work alongside some of the world's greatest people uh, that have impacted tens of millions of people around the world by selling books, doing events, and you know, Tyson being an entertainer in a ring, people flying with Virgin, all the different things there. But sometimes, like those really, really high profile people that you see out there, and you go, wow, amazing to work alongside, you can overlook the wisdom that's in your own backyard. And uh, I certainly hope that I'm able to pass that wisdom on to, uh, to my kids. And I certainly hope through, um, you know, through mediums like this, our podcast, uh, that we're able to pass some level of wisdom uh, onto our ecosystem and our people that listen to, because you can't get enough good advice. The challenge is sifting the good from the bad. And how do you do that? If it feels right in here and it makes sense logically, it's the right thing to do. That's probably the acid test for everything. Nice one, AB. That's an awesome way to finish. I've been taking mental notes all day long and no doubt our viewers have too. So thanks very much. Absolute pleasure, Mitch. Anytime. There you have it, guys. Make sure you give us a review and a rating to help more people find us. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week.